And how's it going today, guys? You already know what it is. Once again, we're back here live in the studio. Hot Takes with TP3, July 17th, 2018. Today's Tuesday. This is our first episode of the week. We'll be having a guest on Will Tootin later to talk about a little baseball and everything we've seen so far from the first half of the season. But moving on from there, let's uh, talk about Le'Veon Bell here, guys. I mean, he's the big story yesterday. I mean, obviously it sucks, guys, but Le'Veon, I mean, he can't agree to a contract with the Steelers. I saw they ended up offering him five years, $70 million. I mean, shoot, if I was Le'Veon, I definitely would have hopped on and accepted that deal, but I mean, the Steelers just can't get anything from him. That was about $14 million a year, which is pretty good money. Um, that stacks up pretty well against the other running backs. I'll give you all a brief little look over that in a second here, but I mean, I think it's absolutely crazy crucial the Steelers pay Le'Veon and get him out there on the field. I mean, he's a completely different um, player when he's out there for them. He makes such a big difference for them with how patient he is running the ball. I've never seen anybody be so patient as he is running the ball. He's actually, he's one of my favorite players in the league for sure. I mean, outside of the Falcons, my favorite players are probably him and AB. I just love watching him play and I'm a big, big Ben guy too. He's one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite quarterback in the league besides Matty Ice. But anyway, I mean, I just feel like guys, the Steelers have to have him on the field. I really think they're a strong Super Bowl contender with Le'Veon Bell on the field, with Le'Veon Bell off the field. I mean, it's a lot different offense the way you look at everything that they're really lacking. I mean, when they have a, a B big Ben and Le'Veon on the field, that's a top five running back receiver quarterback combo, which is pretty tough to have in the NFL. There's not a whole lot of teams that have those. I mean, Bell by the stats. If you look at his breakdowns, I mean, to last year he ran for over uh, 1,200 yards, nearly 1,300, had nine rushing touchdowns. Um, the year before that, he had over 12,000 rush yards again. I mean, I mean, 1,200 rush. It's not 12,000. That'd be crazy. But I mean, he got hurt in 15. Then he had over 1,300 rush yards the year before that. And and we know what he can do is a dual threat catching the ball. I mean, he catches the ball so many all-purpose yards. He's a fantasy football nightmare. But um, he, I mean, he's just a beast, guys. The Steelers have to have him there in their lineup. I mean, he, the things he does for them is amazing. I mean, the way he runs the ball, the way he catches the ball, he's dynamic. He changes the game with every every aspect of the game. I mean, if you look at how that contract would have stacked up for him at the fourteen million dollars a year for running backs, I mean, yeah, he's the highest paid running back this season because of the franchise tag. But Devontae Freeman's the next highest paid running back at eight million dollars a year, so they were already making him the highest paid running back in the league with that contract. So I don't really know why he turned it down. I know he wants 17 a year. I guarantee you somebody in the league will give him that 17, but 14 to stay with Pittsburgh and keep a Super Bowl winning team together. I feel like you got to take it, Le'Veon. I mean, yeah, you you might lose about $3 million a year, but realistically, let's be honest here, Le'Veon, you can win a championship when you're in Pittsburgh. You need this contract, and it's great for the game. I, mean, I would love to see it. I think that Ezekiel Elliott and Fournette will see them get these high contracts. Barkley, too, once they're due for them. But for now, these running backs will keep getting these same old contracts they have. I mean, Todd Gurley's only making $3 million a year, and you look at all these other backs, they're way, way up there from him. And Melvin Gordon is still on a rookie deal as well. I mean, there's just so many. The, the contracts for running backs, guys, are not very big. I'm just looking down this list here at all of them. I mean, there's not really that many highly paid running backs, but a lot of the running backs that are good right now in the league are all on rookie deals, which is kind of crazy to think about. But Devontae Freeman, I mean, that's the highest contract at, at uh 
eight at a eight million two hundred fifty a year. So I mean, that's a pretty good contract there for Devonte. But that's the highest paid contract. I really think that Le'Veon's probably going to sit out some games. We know he's had the ACL injury in the past, so we know he's got a little injury history, and he knows how important it is for him to get his. But I just feel like, I mean, come on, bro, fourteen million dollars to be on a championship winning team. Take the money. All right, guys. So now let's move on here from uh, football to football, as they as they like to call it over in Europe. I know it's not really football to me, but it's football so we'll call it football for today's podcast but i mean guys the fifa world cup it wrapped up over here on monday i mean i mean on shit on sunday but you know i really enjoyed watching the world cup it's one of my favorite sporting events like i said i was over in europe for the 06 world cup made me fall in love this sporting event but all around i mean first i just want to talk about france as a team i picked to win i mean they're at five to one odds i hope y'all rode that like i told everyone too i told y'all they're gonna win the whole thing i mean this team is absolutely amazing just with the players they bring off the bench and stuff i mean they got guys like dembele um, Conte, Matuidi, my favorite, probably my favorite soccer player, Mbappe. I really wish Arsenal could have got him, but that transfer fee just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. I mean, you got the Grease Man, as I like to call him, Antoine Griezmann, uh, Giroud. I mean, this team's, I'm just not going to go through and name all the players for y'all, but they're stacked from top to bottom. The players they bring off the bench is absolutely unreal. They pretty much have two teams that probably could have made it to the Final Four in the World Cup if they wanted to, just like a lot of these big-name teams have. But, you know, guys, the one thing that I'll remember from this World Cup is France got better every match they played. When I watched them play in the group stage, I was like, ooh, we keep squeezing by, squeeze by. They kept squeezing by every single time. Then once we got to the knockout stage, France just got better and better every match, guys. I mean, they fell behind the Argentina 2-1. They never looked back ever since and ended up knocking out that sorry Argentinian squad from the World Cup. You know, I was also really impressed with the way Belgium played and the way they withstood um, the way that Brazil came at them the entire World Cup. You know, like they really, really played a great match against um, them in this World Cup. And the that's why that I agree with Courtois getting the golden gloves in this World Cup because, I mean, he had so many amazing saves in this World Cup and especially in that game. I mean, he literally saved Neymar from an tying goal, which I'm going to give my first award to because I agree with the golden gloves. So I'm not really going to give anything out there, but my first award is the biggest flopper, which goes to Neymar. And, I mean, Neymar was falling all over the field, guys. I mean, he was on the ground every single time. There was memes of the little Super Street Fighter guy hitting him with the little blast. There was all kinds of memes of him. The funniest one I saw by far is the little, like, turnstile baggage uh, baggage claim at the airport. It was a video of Neymar just rolling over and over and over across it. I was dead watching that. It's probably one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. I mean, Neymar, guys, he's... He was a clown for doing all that. I saw the over-under was that he spins over three minutes on the ground. That last match against Belgium, he didn't really spend any time on the ground against Belgium. Um, I think that was mainly because the refs were all over him for it the entire time. But... Like I said, guys, Neymar, easily the biggest flopper in this World Cup. I mean, be better, Neymar. We don't want to see you act like a baby. We know you're good and all, but there's no reason to be a baby. So I would give, guys, based off this World Cup, the golden ball to Harry Kane. I just felt like his six-goal performance, him being the captain of England, the huge goals he had against Tunisia at the beginning and just throughout the World Cup. I mean, he consistently was probably the best player to me throughout this World Cup. He came out and he balled out. You know, I really love the way Harry Kane plays. I feel like he's just a hard hat and lunch pail kind of guy. You know, he started out in time 
Tottenham as just a, as one of the like low key players nobody really knew about, and he just turned into a goal scoring machine, and that's really all he does. And you know, like I've said about this England team, they were a team that finally had good players in the past. They've had all these high potential players like Walcott, just to name one of the many players they have that were high potential players. I mean Sturridge, and they never really play up to it. You know, like I sit there and watch England over and over and over again. And I'm like, when's it going to be put together? When's it going to be put together? Finally, they had a team that put everything together, and you know, they made a great run to hang their hats on. And I was really proud of the run they made and everything. And the three lines made a good run at it, but I would give my golden ball to Harry Kane. You know, I thought Modric played well too in the World Cup, had some big time goals, had some big time plays, but I just felt like that it really should have been Kane. But I mean, at the same time, there was real no set in stone like winner like there has been in the past. In the past, I feel like there's been one player that has really propelled his team to be the best team and really deserves the golden ball or has really shined on the best team or something like that. Like France had too many players like Mbappe and like the Grease Man and like just all of them drew everybody who played good, but they didn't play great. And so you really couldn't pick one of them. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that they definitely screwed it up really bad, but I really would have liked to see um, them give the golden ball to Harry Kane. I thought he was very deserving and it would have been nice for England to see them come home from something, something here. Um, the best, my best match of the world cup award goes to Japan and, uh, Belgium. I mean, that was the, I think that is one of the like top three wildest just sporting events I've ever seen. I know Belgium was heavy favorites. A lot of people had lost money throughout the world cup and had been being hurt in the last couple of days. So I know a lot of people were hammering Belgium and it was absolutely crazy guys. The fact they went down two Oh, and then scored three, goals after the 60th minute. I mean, that was just crazy. I couldn't even believe they went down 2-0. Then you had the uh, Nangolan goal that he honestly didn't even, or Vertonghen goal, he looked like he didn't even mean to make. And then you got the little counterattack at the end. It was stupid in Japan to bring everyone down there and lead to a big counterattack because you know you're going to get screwed on a counterattacking run by a Belgium team that's way faster than you. But Overall, I thought that that was definitely uh, the best game I watched the entire best match. I watched the entire World Cup, you know, there was nonstop action and everything. That's what you love to see, man. I mean, that just spoke volumes to me of the way the World Cup is played and every way everything happens. My most fun player to watch from this World Cup, guys, I have to go with Mbappe. I mean, he just does that one touch and outruns the entire defense and just has a rip. I mean, shoot, if they could have put a couple of those passes he had in like that back heel, he had a Giroud against Belgium like that shit was nasty guys like that was dirty like Mbappe came out as a 19 year old kid and showed the world how dominant he is and the reason why the 179 million dollars were paid to transfer fee for him I mean that was just crazy did they even pay that much for him I was pissed Arsenal almost got him for 120 and 140 and every single time we had one of these bigger clubs coming and offer more uh, money for us so I mean my most fun player was um Definitely Mbappe from this World Cup. Um, I think the what I'll remember the most from this World Cup is definitely mess, the fact that Messi and Ronaldo got knocked out on the same day. I mean, that was just crazy, guys. The fact that we have the two goats of soccer, of our generation of soccer, both go out at the same time for all you millennials out there. I know a lot of you millennials listen. I'm a millennial too. So we got that uh, fan base going for us. But like I said, guys, I mean, it was just crazy to see both of them get those PKs saved in the group stages and that could have been the reason why they both went home then they both turn around and go home on the same day I mean that was definitely the craziest thing that happened to me that happened this entire World Cup I don't know about y'all but 
Overall, guys, it was a great World Cup. I love the fact that we had Belgium and Brazil go against each other. I felt like we got a lot of the Giants to go up against each other. I think the biggest surprise to me was the fact that Germany went home early. I mean, I nobody really saw that coming. And my roommate's a big Germany fan. I watched him try to punch a hole in our wall after that happened. It's pretty funny to watch, honestly. But, I mean, watching Germany go home was crazy. I mean, they just couldn't get a goal. They dominated the entire match and couldn't get a goal. And then Japan and then South Korea got those little counterattacks and got two goals on him, beat him 2-0. I mean, like I told all y'all, the bet of the day that day was South Korea plus two goals. I mean, that was an absolute lock. They ended up covering that by four goals. Crazy game, crazy match, but you know, guys, I really love this World Cup. It was a lot of fun to watch in the end. I mean, yeah, we didn't have have uh, Brazil and um, Germany go as deep as everyone was thinking they would, but all around, guys, it was such a fun World Cup to watch. I can't wait for the next one. We're going to be out in Qatar. It's going to be played in November and December because it gets so hot we'd be see players dying out on the field and stuff it gets like 130 40 degrees I, I know that might be a little carried away but i know for a fact it gets well over 100 degrees in guitar i'm not a i'm not a guitar expert but it's gonna be a fun world cup guys i can't wait for the next one i also can't wait for the one when we come to america in 2026 hopefully i'll have a press pass by then guys hopefully this podcast will take it off to be what i have envisioned for it but let's turn it over here guys to me and Tootin. and we're about to give y'all our mlb midseason awards and we got a little debate for y'all coming up as well as about the mlb okay guys well unfortunately will was unable to join me for this episode today i really wish we could have had him on here to talk about some mlb but we got my mlb men's season awards here and so i'm just gonna go ahead and give them to y'all straight forward here so my most improved uh and the NL is all the, every award, by the way, before I get started here is uh, NL and AL. I've got a couple of awards that I made up here. I mean, not all of them are official MLB awards. These are more so my awards. Um, for the most improved NL award, I have Jesus Aguilar, first baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, I feel like this is pretty straightforward. He has 24 home runs this season as opposed to 16 in the entire year last year. He's 70 RBIs. Um, already this season last year he only had 52 so i mean he's already surpassed both of those statistical categories from last season i mean that's just crazy to think that he's already beaten his category in both of those from last year and then he's hitting 298 as opposed to 265 so this guy's absolutely knocking the cover off the ball here guys i'm really loving everything that aguilar has been doing so far this season and i look for him to continue everything next year um for the al i picked Andrelton simmons he's hitting a three third he's hitting a 313 as opposed to 270 last year. I mean, we all know what he can do in the field. He can flash that leather. Simmons is an absolute freak fielder. He's probably one of the best in baseball at shortstop for the Angels this season, but he had 69 RBIs last year. He's already got 41 this year. He's not really a home run hitter. It's just six as opposed to 14 for all of last season. So I don't know if he'll get the hose home the runs up. But I mean, guys, Simmons has been knocking the cover off the ball this year, hitting it. And I mean, if what he does in the field, he's been playing so well. I think he's my most improved. I mean, across the AL in general, there's not really a lot of guys that are absolutely going off that weren't last year like this season. So I just felt like Simmons was the best candidate, even though there's probably not a lot of great candidates out there. <laughs> he was the best AL candidate for me. Sorry, guys, I keep on coughing there, but Simmons is the best AL candidate. I just felt like to be most improved with the way he's hitting the ball. I mean, if he keeps hitting the ball like this, who knows what he could do. The Angels are kind of in a tight race here in the AL West. It's a really stacked up division, so, I mean, they need Kim to keep swinging the bat well, and they need other people to pick it up as well. Um, 
my next award is the most fun to watch award. I have Ozzy Albies for my uh, for the Braves is my um, most most fun player to watch. I mean, I just love watching this guy play, guys. He makes great plays in the field. I mean, he's not the best fielder. He's over there at second base, so we know he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's just fun to watch. I mean, every single time he runs around the base path, his helmet falls off. And I know I've said that many times. I wish you could bet on the number of times his helmet will fall off a game or a season or something like that. I'm taking the over every time. He's losing it left and right. But, guys, Ozzy's just a fun guy. We even saw him yesterday come out there to greet Freddie. I mean, this kid hits tanks. He's small, and he still just hits absolute tanks. You know, his batting average went down there for a little while, but... He's brought it back up in the 280s when he dropped down to 260 there for a little while. He hit over 280 last year, so, I mean, he's hitting it again. He just got named to his first all-star team. Shout out to you, Ozzy. He's actually my favorite player in baseball because he's so much fun to watch, and he plays on the Braves. He's got 20 home runs, which is a lot of home runs, by the way. I mean, like I said, he's knocking the cover off the ball. He's also 21 years old, so you know he's going to be fun to watch for the future to come. I just feel like he's just a, just comes with the work every single day, hard hat and lunch pail kind of guy. He's just a kid, too, and he just has fun with it. He's always got a smile on his face, and he's always always running around trying to make things happen. So, I mean, I love watching you play Ozzy. Keep it up, buddy. Um, for the AL, I'm going to have to go with Mike Trout. I mean, we all know how good Mike Trout is. He leads the MLB in war. Um, he's absolutely knocking the cover off the ball, 20-plus home runs. I mean, Mike Trout's an MVP candidate player, and he's an absolute dog, but... I just like I just like watching him play, man. I mean, people forget the fact that what he all he does at the plate. I mean, I think Mike Trout. There's arguments out there for him being the best hitter of all time. Even I mean, crazy to think that there's even that conversation going around for Trout. Trout is just I mean, he's just an absolute freak, guys. I mean, this kid, he's amazing in the field. He looks like a middle linebacker out there playing center field. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've seen Trout bring back a home run from somebody or just something like that. He's currently third in the MLB and or third in the AL in home runs with. 25. He's hitting 310, 50 RBIs. He's an all-around player. There's never been a game where he's gotten, where there's never been a three-game stretch where he hasn't gotten a hit. I mean, that's just absurd. He's putting up Ted Williams, Babe Ruth kind of numbers, and I expect him to keep doing it. He's so much fun to watch. I mean, you don't like watching Mike Trout play baseball. You're just lying to yourself where you hate baseball. That's the only way to do it. Um, next up is MVP. I'm going to start this one with my AL MVP. I actually do not have Mike Trout on this list. I mean, I love his war and everything he does. And he's really far up there. But the Angels, guys, it's just their record-wise. I mean, I feel like when you have so many good players in the AL with the way they're all hitting the ball with how competitive the AL is, I can't really pick a guy like Trout to win my MVP unless he can propel his team to the playoffs. I'm going to have to go with – y'all are going to hate me for this one, but I'm going to have to go J.D. Martinez. He's only 10th in war, but he's hitting 328 with 28 home runs and 80 RBIs. 80 RBIs and 28 home runs. He's the AL leader in both. And he's on the top 10 in batting average. I mean, you can't ignore how amazing those numbers are. J.D. Martinez is absolutely killing the ball. And I think his war is on. I know have the exact reason, actually, for y'all why his war is down so much. It's because he plays DH a good bit for the... Um, Red Sox, and I mean, this Red Sox team has the best record in baseball by far, and I just feel like you got to give the MVP to the best player on the best team, especially if their stats are close like this. That was one of my main reasons for Harden getting it over LeBron. Like, yeah, Harden, LeBron's stats are like very, they were very close. I don't care what y'all want to say. They were very close. It's just like this with Martinez and Trout and uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, I got to go with Martinez, guys. I mean, everything he's doing, I just feel like he means the most to his team winning and everything, and he's absolutely killing it at the plate. It's just that his fielding is not as good as Trout is. So that's why, I mean, Trout's a five-tool player, but I mean, what he's doing at the plate is so amazing that I have to give it to him. 
Um, my my NL MVP, I got to go with the hometown kid, Freddie Freeman. Um, Freddie's hitting 315 on the season, 16 home runs, 61 RBIs. He's second in the NL in war. He's top five in batting average. He's top five in RBIs. I mean, Freddie's having a great season, guys. He's representing us in the All-Star game. I know people were saying stuff about him not hitting a lot of home runs last night, guys. Freddie's a contact hitter. He's not a home run hitter. They even said it last night with how he hit all those opposite field home runs because of the way he gets his bat head through the zone. Freddie hits contact on everything. He's been the Braves' most consistent hitter. He's always putting the ball in play, always making, getting hits, always making things happen for us across the field. I love you, Freddie Freeman. You're probably, you're the man, dude. Like, I can't even put it any other way. Freddie Freeman is for sure my NL MVP with everything he's done for this Braves team. I mean, we have Brian Schnitker, who's not even supposed to be our manager. We have one of the youngest teams in baseball. So many prospects, so much potential, and Freddie's just the baller. He's been there for so long. He's been through all the struggles. I think that he deserves an NL MVP, but obviously has to get the Braves to the playoffs. Right now we're in second place, but I think we'd be a wild card if the season ended today, so I really look for the Braves to add pitching and stuff, but I'm not going to get into that right now. We'll talk about all that later in the week. My NL Cy Young, I have Aaron Nola winning my Cy Young. Um, he has 12 wins right now, and that's tied for first in the NL. He's second in the NL in ERA at 2.3, and he's fourth in strikeouts at 131. He was also, though, nine innings behind the leader, which was um, – Kershaw or Scherzer for strikeouts and then he's or he's eighth in strikeout or he's sorry he's second in war at for among all pitchers in baseball at 5.9 so I mean this guy means a lot to their team winning um I mean I just love everything he does for this Phillies team even though I hate the Phillies as a Braves fan but I can't deny how good they've been this year and I trust me I'm about to give the Phillies another nomination here in a second but I mean Nola's been so dominant across baseball this entire season he's been a great pitcher and and I just look for him to keep on doing things like he's been doing and I really think he can make a strong push at the Cy Young, especially on this young on this young Phillies team. I know they've given it Scherzer many times. We've seen Scherzer struggle for being Scherzer. So I really think like the door's wide open and Nola, if he pitches like this in the second half of the season, can easily seize it. I mean, the fact that he's top five and probably four of the biggest pitching categories gives him good reason to get it. Um, next for my AL Cy Young winner, I'm going with a sleeper here. I'm going with Blake Schnell of Tampa Bay and I mean, I just have to give him the nod here, guys. I mean, he's second in wins at 12. He's third in ERA at 227, and he's eighth in strikeouts at 134. And the reason why I give him my sh- is not because of how good those uh, those numbers are, but it's because that it's because he plays for the Rays. I mean, the Rays have a decent-ish record. They're third in the uh, AL East, which is about probably the best division in baseball with the Red Sox and Yankees, not from a competitive standpoint, but from the fact they have the two best teams in baseball in the division. But the fact that he's kept them kind of afloat in this division and they're not really a great team top to bottom if you look at them. I think they only had one of their all-star with Wilson Ramos. So, I mean, he doesn't get a lot of run support on a lot of nights. They're not very high up there in runs scored, but the fact that he's got second in the MLB and wins just shows you how dominant he's been. And the AL is way more stacked than the NL, so the fact he goes up against the best talent every night and night out to me makes him the surefire AL AL, uh, Cy Young Award winner. Um, Last but not least, I got the best manager award going to the best manager so far for the NL. I have Gabe Kapler for the Phillies. Um, I know that I kind of gave him a lot of grief at the beginning of the season on the podcast for his dumb decisions he makes, but he seems to have learned from them and take the Phillies to first place. It's a Phillies team that has struggled for a long time, and even I thought it was dumb for a lot of the money they spent, but it looks like they've pick, figured things out and gotten their ball club to a first place ball club, so I got to give it to Kapler. I feel like he take, he, de- he doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserves. He got all the credit when they were sucking, so let's give him some credit here when they're doing a good job. I got to give it to you, Gabe. Hats off to you. Um, 
last last but not least the last award is my al manager of the year i'm going alex cora of the red Sox. i mean a lot of people are gonna hate me for picking that they're like what about all these low-key teams mariners all those squads but i gotta go with cora man i mean they got 68 they got 68 wins so far i mean he he's running a stacked up al he's winning the best division against this new york team that's been hot i mean the red Sox literally don't lose and they they just win night in night out you don't see that a lot in baseball with how many games they play and stuff but the red Sox are on pace to win over 106 games something we haven't seen in a while so I mean, Core has just been so dominant in his first year with the team. I feel like you got to give him the nod. You got to respect the bet, the coach with the best record. It's not necessarily always about leading the sleeper team. It's about dominating in the best in the best division, and that's what he's done. He's dominated in the best division and uh, and the AL, which is I mean, is way more stacked than the NL. I mean, that league is way better. So I got to give him the nod here. But appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm gonna get a guest on for y'all later on in the week. We're gonna talk a lot more baseball. I'm gonna round out my NBA offseason tomorrow, and I'm gonna transition more into football next week we're mainly going to talk baseball and uh, basketball for the rest of this week but i appreciate y'all tuning in and follow me again on twitter at hot takes with tp3 we got tons of good stuff for y'all it hurt me to wrap up a world cup talk today guys but once again coming at y'all again two more times this week so tune in and be ready i got him on the the home the ran with the every week i change my clouds gotta fit in this store in my house gotta bring the garage my house Gotta wash up my wrist, cause a house. My bitch can't sleep at my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk, me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army, bitch, my lap.